Blog Talk Radio. After the death of Solomon, God divided the kingdom of Israel into two houses. There were ten tribes in the northern kingdom known as the Lost Tribes of Israel. They were cast out into the world because of their great sin against God. However, God promised in the last days He would gather these lost tribes back to Israel before the return of our Lord. Unknowingly, some of the churches made up of these lost tribes known as the house of Ephraim. God is now calling them to prepare to come back home to the land He gave our fathers. The call to prepare has been sounded. And Shalom, this is your host Mark Ramble, back again, and uh, this is the House of Ephraim show, do have with us from Mount Carmel, Illinois, Prophet Tom Deckard, but first a word from our announcers. And now from Cradle of Hope are some important announcements for you. This month from Cradle of Hope is a must-have gift offer, the transition of the church. God has transitioned the church since the days of the book of Acts. Don't miss out on this last and greatest move of God. Jesus Christ is returning for a church full of power and glory. This transition will bring the church forward. Send a gift of $25 or more. Call today and get free shipping if you ask for the Transition of Church gift offer. Call 618-262-2810 or go online at jewishprofit.com. Send a gift of $25 or more and ask for the Transition of the Church gift offer. Hey, welcome back in the show. It's Mark Reinbolt. Got a couple announcements to make before we get going here with our great, great show we have in, in store for you. I just want to remind everyone that we do have a website, www.jewishprofit.com. That's www.jewishprofit.com. And for all you uh, new people out there, maybe the first time that you've been on, please check that website out. You're going to find out who we are, and you're going to get a hold of a lot of material that you've never seen before. And you want to check that material out because you're going to start to learn the Word of God. And I'm telling you what, what a great opportunity that is. We also have a quarterly coming up here, and you can get more information about that by clicking on the itinerary button on the front page there in the upper left-hand corner and find out what the quarterly and where it's going to be. It's going to be over in Fairfield, Illinois, out what we call lovingly the Corn Patch. And you can be a part of that and begin to learn the material straight from the throne room of God and I'm telling you what, that is a great opportunity, folks. So grab a hold of this and begin to prepare and to plan and get yourself down here and find out for yourself what's going on, and you can become part of this last day move of God, the House of Ephraim. And again, you can get all that information out at the website, www.jewishprophet.com. We also have fellowships available online. So, you know, if you're out there and you don't have a local fellowship or, or you want to begin to learn about the material and begin to plug in with the material. Not only do we have this blog every day, but we also have fellowships available online. That's via Ustream.tv, and we have one on Friday night. I teach one myself Friday night. You can become part of that. There's also a Wednesday midweek service, and we teach only the prophet's material so that you're assured of learning the right material at the right time. What an opportunity, again, that all is. So, again, if you don't already have a fellowship in your area or you just are interested in learning more about what's going on, please consider joining up with that. And you can get more information just by emailing us at cradle at jewishprofit.com. That's cradle at jewishprofit.com. And just say, hey, I'd like to sign up for that Shabbat service that Mark was talking about and certainly love to get you hooked up. If you want to do it just by the telephone, we can do that also. And you can give the office a call. 618-262-2810 and find out more about that also. Like I said earlier, we do have with us from Mount Carmel, Illinois, Prophet Tom Deggert. Bless God that understand Judaism. And it is important for you and I as being, if you want to call yourself a grafted-in Jew, that's fine. If you want to call yourself a Jew, that's fine, because I think that we have proven beyond a shadow of turning that you cannot be a Christian and not be a Jew. Amen? And so, therefore, we begin to look at and begin to try to lay the foundation. As I said, it's terribly difficult 
for you to begin to grasp hold of this if you're only able to come every once in a while. In fact, every once in a while will probably get you confused. And so what I would uh, uh, want you to be able to think about doing is to purchase the tapes and try to stay up on what we're doing so that you can understand what's going on. Because this is not something that is not complicated. This is not something that you got with Christianity. If it was, we would have already taught it. Amen? This is something that, bless God, that we as Christians have a part of because it is our heritage. And what we simply are doing is going back and receiving the heritage which is ours as those of us which feel that we're grafted in Jews, those of us that believe that we're blood Jews. And again, I think we have put that all to sleep. As you understanding, if you come to Christ and come into Christ, you became a Jew and you were to keep Judaism just as Jesus kept Judaism, just as Paul kept Judaism, just as Peter and John and James kept Judaism. We are to have kept Judaism. Of course, throughout the years, uh, the generations, uh, it all ended. And the reason it ended, well, the powers of darkness got in the middle of it and saw to it that it would end. I mean, after all, uh, the powers of darkness, even though we had gotten the greatest gift that God ever gave to mankind, which is Jesus, and the Hebrew word for Jesus is Yeshua, and we received Yeshua as our Lord and our Savior, as the Messiah, then if the powers of darkness could split or divide that and not let us accept the fullness of our heritage as receiving Messiah, then he had done partially his job. But as we have taught you, that job is only impartial that he did, that even in the last days God said that he would bring back the stick of Ephraim and he would place it with the stick of Judah and that Ephraim would return, which is the ten lost tribes of Israel. So uh, we are part of those ten lost tribes and we're now returning and uh, the return is going to be great. The return is going to be uh, so absolutely great that it's going to provoke uh, the Jews, uh, Judah, to absolute uh, uh, jealousy over seeing us come back and us doing things correctly and God watching. Now, uh, let's do it. Now, I, I want to again tell you what the difference is. The difference isn't talk. The difference is demonstration of the anointing. And that's what's going to make the difference in this. When we receive the fullness of what God has got for us in Judaism, placing that which we have brought by the Rahakodesh, the Holy Ghost, back into and let become the power thereof, then the power of God, the anointing of God, will do the speaking in our behalf as to whether or not we belong into Judaism. Amen? Now, uh, we spoke uh, last Friday night, and again, if you couldn't be with us, you want to pick up the tapes and try, but to get a, get a hold, we, we began to talk about the Passover and how that evidently there was a Genesis Passover uh, because uh, they talked, uh, they used leavened bread, they left in haste. Uh, we saw that in Sodom when they left Sodom. Uh, that it was all done uh, there the same way that we take in Passover today. We talk about the, bless God, the, the firstborn of the sons of Israel and how important that is, trying to lay the foundation for that so you could understand what Passover is really about. And, of course, what I didn't get to, and we will get to in a week or two, is the fact that Jesus, of course, is, is the firstborn of God. And the Lord Jesus, Yeshua, He did come and He did hang upon the cross and He did become the sacrificial lamb once and for all, for all of mankind. Now, did that start a new religion? No, it didn't. No, we thought it did. We thought we thought that we called that the new covenant, and we called that uh, the new, you know, that we no longer was under the law. And, and again, we have put that, uh, put that uh, puppy to sleep, I think. Now, let me give you, as we go into this thing, some Passover events that are ta have taken place in the Old Testament, and then we're going to talk about the one important one right now that took place, of course, in the New Testament. But the uh, Passover events that took place and, the, and how they were delivered was, uh, bless God, that when Abram... Uh, leaves Ur, that was an event that took place on Passover, or it's what we know Passover to be today. The exile to, to Ur, or in Ur, I'm sorry, that's when they were delivered. They were delivered during Passover. Abram goes to Egypt, that happened during Passover. The Egyptian bondage and exile, that happened Passover. The angels visited, the angels visited Abraham, uh, that was at Passover. The circumcision pain, which they were delivered from, happened on Passover. The angels visited Lot on Passover. The Sodom uh, exile happened at Passover. Isaac was born on Passover, and Jesus dies at Passover. So Passover is not something, again, 
that is just something out there that some events happened to happen. Can you get a hold of that? Passover is set of God. Now, and when we get done with this, I think you're going to be able to draw some conclusions. Now, the conclusions uh, obviously uh, doesn't mean that we can etch them in stone as, uh, as it was given to Moses, but the fact of it is I think there's going to be some things that are going to start to become very clear to us about coming events on the face of this earth and how that we look unto and why do we keep these feasts. Why is it important to keep these feasts? Well, we're trying to teach you all about that even now. Now, Passover is the festival of firsts, number ones, okay? And that's really what Passover is about. The first festival in the, in the first month of the, of the year. The festival of the firstborn of God. The festival where firstborn of the wicked is destroyed. Now, what do you suppose that, that, that leans to be wondering about? The festival which Israel called was called first a congregation, the first sacred assembly. So there's firsts that are important, and firsts are important to God. So as we, and again, as we tie that, and that's what was left over uh, to those uh, things that I want to talk about, the firstborn and the first uh, from Friday on Shabbat, as we go in now and begin to look at the unleavened bread, because this is a very important thing that takes place with Passover. Again, Passover is set for us to remember. Passover is set for us to absolutely be able to go back and go completely through what a miraculous God did for us. And He did it for all of us. He brought us out of Egypt. He brought us out with a strong hand. He brought us out with signs and wonders. Now, never before, as I said uh, Friday night, has there ever been in the history of mankind ever been a God, let alone the living God, at that point in time, every, ever be able to take an entire nation out of being in bondage to another nation. Never before has it ever been done until the living God, Yahweh, came and He did just exactly that. He said, I will let you go into, go into exile for 400 years, and then He said, after that I will deliver you. Now, and again, the, the, the thing with Passover, if you, happen to, if you happen to really get in and understand what we've done this for, because Passover, that time and date, obviously was taking place even during and in the book of Genesis, and as it, as it moves itself forward, it was by no chance that they left the very night of the beginning of Passover. It wasn't by chance that that happened. It was something that was designated by God. Now, I realize, you know, you could say, well, you know, that's just the way it kind of turned out. Well, you can play that game all day if you want to. The fact of it is God is in control. All right, let's go to Exodus, the 12th chapter, and, and we'll start. And we'll be talking tonight uh, along the lines anyway, and hopefully be able to stay upon that, about the unleavened bread. Because, again, if you don't have this background, you're not going to be able to understand what this particular festival is all about. We... Uh, we would like very, very much to be able to educate you into these things so that you will be able not only for your own selves and your own families, but obviously for those that are going to be interested enough to be asking you. And believe me, they will. Now, Exodus, the 12th chapter, the 15th verse. It says, Seven days shall ye eat unleavened bread. Even the first day ye shall put away leaven out of your houses, for whosoever eateth leavened bread from the first day until the seventh day, the soul shall be cut off from Israel. That time you were put to death. So, see, it wasn't an elective that time. Thank God it is today. Amen. <laughs> well, anyway. It would be tough, wouldn't it? Somebody said, oh, they didn't get the leaven out. Uh, go hang them. Stone them. But that's what they did in those days. But as I said, and I hope you remember the difference in an entire nation having to keep Passover, as now us as individuals of which God has now come out of the ark, ark of the covenant that we call it, and now he has written his laws upon the tables of our hearts and not on stone tablets. And so that's what the difference. Now it is an individual thing. You can or you don't have to. You can be blessed or you don't have to be blessed. And I've had people, and I even had somebody tell me, well, they've just got about all the blessings that they need right now. And I said, well, that, that's fine. You know, this is definitely for blessing seekers. It's definitely for people that are wanting to go deeper with God and, and receive more from God. And that's what this is. Again, I can tell you very, very quickly, the one way 
to get things from God as the way of blessings that you need. And I'm not talking about winning the lotto tomorrow morning. I'm talking about, bless God, needs of your lives, things that are coming that you need, a better job, the things in the family, the things in the home, the things here and the things there. Bless God is to please the Father. And if you can learn to please the Father, those things are going to come much easier in your life. So it is said here, seven days shall you eat unleavened bread. Now, we're going to go through, and, and I don't know just uh, when we're going to get to that, but we will be going through what this is all about, getting the leaven out of your houses and what it is. If you don't understand, uh, it's not just bread uh, itself. It, it has to do with uh, all kinds of things. It, uh, you can talk about, the, uh, uh, is, is rice got leaven? You talk about rice, you can talk about certain beans and, and, and this, that, and that other thing. And uh, we're going to get all these lists so you can understand it. And you say, well, I don't know whether I want to do all that or not. You may not. But let me tell you, it's a lot of fun to realize what our ancestor, ancestors went through. I realize they didn't have very big houses to do that in. In fact, they were living in tents at this point. Okay? But let me tell you something. They got it all out. They didn't have any of it. And it was gone. And, and what we know today and all this, uh, girls, was the beginning of spring cleaning. And that's, that's, that's where all of it came from, because your homes are to completely be clean, top, top to bottom, before the, the, the festival of, of, uh, of uh, Passover takes place. So uh, some of you that don't like to clean, you better get some yell for some help. Sixteen first, and in the first day there shall be an holy convocation, there will be a holy ceremony, and in the seventh day there shall be a holy convocation unto you. Still done today, the first day and, and, and the last day. No manner of work shall be done in them, save that, the, that every man must eat, that only may be done of you. And you shall observe the Feast of Unleavened Bread, for in this selfsame day have I brought your, your armies out of the land of Egypt, Therefore shall, shall ye observe this day in your generations by an ordinance for how long? Forever. And you need to underline that. This, observe this day in your generations by an ordinance forever. In the first month, on the fourteenth day of the month, at even, which is an evening, ye shall eat unleavened bread until the one and twentieth day of the month at even. Seven days shall there be no leaven found in your houses, for whosoever eateth that which is leaven, even that soul shall be cut off from the congregation of Israel, whether he be a stranger or born in the land. Ye shall eat nothing leavened in all your habitations. Ye shall eat unleavened bread. This is a commandment of the Lord given to us. And why do we do that? Well, as we talked about, when they left Egypt, they left Egypt hastily. Pharaoh said, get them out of here. Get them out of here right now. And they left at night. He said, leave. And by the way, Passover just happens to come at full moon. Just happens to come at full moon. Okay? And you'll see, if you look up Passover, when Passover, you'll, it will be full moon. Everything that, everything that happens with Israel through God is also dealt with and within uh, the lunar calendar, so you want to keep that in mind also. Exodus 13, the sixth uh, chapter, I mean, 13, 6, 13, 6. Seven days thou shalt eat unleavened bread, and the seventh day shall be a feast to the Lord. Unleavened bread shall be eaten seven days, and there shall no leavened bread be seen with thee. Neither shall there be leaven seen with thee in all thy quarters. Again, being told again. There's to be no leavened bread. Somebody said, well, what does leavened bread look like and taste like? Well, I wish I'd have brought some tonight. It just looks like a great big cracker. Why? Because there's no leaven to make it poof up. See, leaven's what brings the, it poofs it up. Uh, uh, some places, and we'll, we'll talk about what that is in relationship to sin, but we'll do that at a different time. Uh, now, in the, back in the 12th chapter of Exodus 21... Exodus 12:21. It says, Then Moses called for all the elders of Israel and said unto them, Draw out and take you a lamb according to your families and kill the Passover. Now, what, what, what is the Passover? Kill the Passover. What is the Passover? The lamb. Now, you want to get a hold of that because, again, everything that we're doing is in conjunction with Messiah, with Yeshua, Jesus. So it's not anything that's contrary to that. Everything, as I told you Friday night, all this that was being done with the firstborn, 
was in conjunction with the coming of Messiah. And everything that's still being done here. Now listen again, as he says, he says, he says, and kill the Passover. So the lamb is the Passover. And ye shall take a bunch of hassop and dip it in the blood that is in the basin and strike the lintel and the two side posts with the blood that is in the basin and none of you shall go out at the door of his house until the morning. And if you don't think God didn't mean that, none of them did. Because if they had it, they would have died. Why? Because that was the covering or the mercy of God. For the Lord will pass through to smite the Egyptians, and when he seeth the blood upon the lintel and on the two side posts, the Lord will pass over the door and will not suffer the destroyer to come in, uh, in unto your houses to smite you. So evidently the only thing that, that did lie between the destroyer, the angel of death as we have learned to call him, and all of Israel was that blood of that sacrificial lamb. And that is the only thing still today, if you bring that same sacrificial blood of Christ, the Messiah, Yeshua, Jesus, to us, it's the same exact thing today. The only thing that keeps the destroyer from destroying us for eternity is that the, when the blood, when he sees the blood of the Lamb, the sacrificial Lamb of Jesus upon us, then he passes us by. Amen? That's exciting stuff, isn't it? Now to think, but you know, now, now did they know what was going on that was going to go on all these thousands of years later? Uh-uh. No, they had no idea in the world. All they knew that they were doing at that point in time was they were doing exactly what they were being commanded by God through Moses and Aaron to do. That's all they knew. And ye shall observe these, this thing for an ordinance to, the, to thee and to thy sons forever. There it is forever again. And it shall come to pass when you become to the land which the Lord will give you according as he hath promised that he shall keep this service. And it shall come to pass when your children shall say unto you, What mean ye this by this service? That you shall say, It is the sacrifice of the Lord's Passover who passed over the houses of the children of Israel in Egypt when he smote the Egyptians and delivered our houses. And the people bowed the head and worshipped. And the children of Israel went away and did as the Lord had commanded Moses and Aaron, so did they. And it came to pass that at midnight the Lord smote all the firstborn in the land of Egypt, from the firstborn of Pharaoh that sat on his throne, and to the firstborn of the captive that was in the dungeon, and all the firstborn of cattle. And Pharaoh rose up in the night, he and all of his servants and all the Egyptians, and there was a great cry in Egypt, for there was not a house where there was not one dead." And he called for Moses and Aaron by night and said, Rise up and get you forth from among my people, both ye and the children of Israel, and go serve the Lord, as ye have said. I guess he thought that enough was enough. But that all happened when? At night. Over in the 43rd verse, same chapter, And the Lord said unto Moses and Aaron, This is the ordinance of the Passover. There shall no stranger eat thereof. No stranger will eat thereof. Can a stranger partake of the Lamb of God that was sacrificed, Messiah? Mm -mm. You can't partake of Him unless you receive Him. You become, you become one of His. You cannot. Okay? But every man's servant that is brought, bought for money, when thou hast circumcised him, then shall he eat thereof. A foreigner and a hired servant shall not eat thereof. In one house shall, be, uh, shall it be eaten. Thou shalt not carry forth aught of the flesh abroad out of the house, neither shall you break a bone thereof. All the congregation of Israel shall keep it. And when a stranger shall sojourn with thee and will keep the Passover to the Lord, let all his males be circumcised, and then let, let him come near and keep it, and he shall be as one that is born in the land, for no circumcised person shall eat thereof. Nobody uncircumcised is allowed to eat of the Passover. And you notice, though, if you were a stranger and you came in and you were uh, circumcised, then you would be allowed to eat. You would be allowed to be part of it. 49. For one law shall be to him that is, is home-bound and to the stranger that sojourneth among you. Thus did all the children of Israel, as the Lord commanded Moses and Aaron, so did they. And it came to pass the selfsame day that the Lord did bring the children of Israel out of the land of Egypt by their armies. Brought them out. 
Some people don't even know that they had armies. You think they knew that they had an army? They didn't have any guns. In this case, they didn't have guns, period. But, I mean, they didn't have any bows. They didn't have any swords. Oh, but they did have one thing very important. They had the armament of God. See? And, I mean, Egypt had seen enough. They had seen all of the, all of the God of Israel they wanted to see. They couldn't stand any more of it. They went through the plagues. They went through the river turning to blood. They went through all those things. But when it came down to God slaughtering the firstborn of man, the firstborn of, of all the beasts, when it got to that, it was too much. I guess it got to that point that, that, that God decided that Pharaoh's heart could be unhardened to where he would finally let them go. But you see, God said he would bring them out with a strong hand. I'm going to tell you something about God. It's one thing for Israel to sin and to go into exile. But every nation that every came in and ravaged, ravaged Israel, and they can only do that, but by God letting them do it, he has destroyed, utterly destroyed and brought to naught, to nothing. And so in this whole scenario, we know that the same thing happened even with Egypt. And even after they left, you know, they, were, they, they chased them. The army of Pharaoh, Pharaoh sent them to, you know, out to destroy him. I mean, you can imagine, the more he thought about it, probably the more that he raged, the more he raged, the, uh, the more he was uh, probably counseled to bring about uh, his soldiers and, uh, and to go after them, and they did. And that was another mistake they made, wasn't it? Because you see, they fired nary a shot. Isn't that something? Israel didn't even throw a rock. They came up to an ocean. It's called the Sea of Reeds in Hebrew. And they stood there, and Moses put out his hand. The wind blew. The sides of the wall stood up. That's jello. They walked across on dry land. And it took a while to get that many people across there. And then they got up on the other side. Here come the Egyptians. There came the water. The miracle was over. The miracle that saved Israel drowned the Egyptian army. Without firing a shot, without throwing a stone. You see, God is capable. But now let me tell you something about God. Again, and I I spoke somewhat about it uh, Friday night. We'll speak a little more on it. As we go along with Passover and with these other things of God, it's important to understand that these things could not have happened unless they followed each detail and absolutely followed it completely out. And that's part that you need to get a grasp onto, that it does us no good at all to think that you can do a partial part of something and God bless you for it. If you're not going to do it, it's just better off not to do any of it. Why? Because you're going to do it and still not be blessed. The key is to, is to look at the deliverance of God. God and His deliverance is real. And what God was doing here was performing that deliverance for all of Israel and, and in fact, passing it from generation to generation because He said this is an ordinance which will be forever throughout your generations. So that being an ordinance that's forever throughout our generations means that it's the same today as it was then. And if we can just get smart enough, long enough... To take advantage of that, then Katie bar the door. Passover Memorial, Exodus 34, 25. Now, I think I gave this one the other night, but I want to, I want to uh, go back over this. Exodus 34, 25. Thou shalt not offer the blood of my sacrifice with leaven. Neither shall the sacrifice of the feast of the Passover be left unto the morning. What's he saying? He's saying that you're going, to, you're going to eat it all, and you're not going to do what? You'll not offer the blood of my sacrifice with the leaven. There's not to be any blood involved in, in that. Leviticus 23, 4 and 5. Leviticus 23. Twenty-three, four, and 5. These are the feasts of the Lord, even holy convocations, which ye shall proclaim in their seasons. In the fourteenth day of the first month, and even in the Lord's 
is the Lord's Passover. Now, notice again what's being said here about that. Uh, it's the 14th day of the first month. It falls on April the 10th. Again, our calendars, and, if you, and you're going to have some of your calendars, some of your Gregorian calendars are going to say that Easter is on a different day, or Passover may even be on a different day than what we're giving to you. But I'm here to tell you we're giving you by the lunar calendar, which is the calendar in which all of Israel lived by and will live by. Okay? So uh, don't get all shook up about whether or not you think we got the right day. Because I'm going to show you something in a little while that's going to blow you away anyway about the way God does things about right days. Exodus 12, 17. Exodus 12, 17. And ye shall observe the Feast of Unleavened Bread, for, for in the self, this selfsame day have I brought your armies out of the land of Egypt. Therefore shall ye observe this day in your generations by an ordinance forever. And the reason I want to go through that again was that you would understand that, bless God, that it is forever. It wasn't just when Jesus or until Jesus came. It wasn't set that way. Again, if it had been, uh, brothers and sisters, God would have been smart enough to have indicated to us when it would have ended. Amen? Amen. So, so it didn't end. There, was no ending, there is no ending to it. it. It is to go on forever. So as I said to you Friday night, we are keeping Passover or Pesach this year, and, and we're not doing the Easter Bunny and Easter. And that's, uh, of course, what we've never done the Easter Bunny, uh, but the fact of it is that Easter and the Easter Bunny is synonymous one to another. And that's been a shame throughout the years that, that the, one, of the greatest, one of the greatest events that has ever happened for mankind has to be shared with a rabbit and a bunch of eggs. Kind of sad, isn't it? And we have been guilty. I have been guilty. You have been guilty. And I'm here to tell you, brothers and sisters, that is an abomination to God. And if you think God blesses us, as I said before, I think one of the most dramatic things that's happened to me in all this that I had to come to grips with understanding that most of all that's happened to me serving God in 22 years has been I got lucky from time to time. You know why I'm saying that? It's because if you don't keep God's law, that's all that can be happening for you. Now, His mercies are forever, and I'm sure that God has been merciful to me a time or two, but when it comes right down to push come to shove, you have to realize that you have to keep God's Word to be blessed by God. And this, see, again, this doesn't have a thing to, Passover doesn't have a thing to do whether you're a Jew or whether you're a Christian. It has to do whether you are a child of God. And if you're going to be a child of God, then you've got to understand something. God's ways are all in this book. And did it ever dawn on you why God must have given us all this boring stuff that we call the Old Testament? Did it ever dawn on you? See, I, I've always been an advocate of the Old Testament. Never knew why, but I've always preached out of the Old Testament. I have been ridiculed numbers of times through the years because I spent a lot of my time in my sermons in the Old Testament. And people would say to me, even ministers, well, don't you know that that doesn't count today? You're spending too much time on little of nothing. And I just couldn't see it that way. I didn't know why, but there was something inside of me that just would not let me understand what they were trying to tell me. So I went on ministering within the Old Testament. And, and only because of that is, is why I know what I know about the Old Testament. But as we're learning in these areas, now it's beginning to open up in everything that we thought we knew. And, 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 and isn't it something now that you'll go back and read Scriptures now, and now you're more open, and all of a sudden some of the New Testament Scriptures are jumping out, and you're going, hey... That's about Passover. That, that, yeah, that over there is about death. Yeah, that's about Judaism. Because now it's being opened up to us, and now our eyes are being opened that we might see what before we had been blind. Along the line, you're going to get some people that's going to try to tell you that they're two separate festivals, and they're not. Exodus 13:3, And Moses said unto the people, Remember this day in which you have come out of Egypt, the house of bondage, for by strength of hand the Lord brought you out from this place, for there shall no leavened bread be eaten. This day came ye out in the month of Abed. And it shall be when the Lord shall bring thee into the land of the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Amorites, and the Hivites, and the Jebusites, which he swore unto your fathers to give thee a land flowing with milk and honey, that thou shalt keep this service in this month. Seven days thou shalt eat unleavened bread, and in the seventh day 
shall be a feast to the Lord. Unleavened bread shall be eaten seven days, and there shall no leavened bread be seen with thee, neither shall there be leaven seen with thee in all thy quarters. And, of course, we read that previously, or just exactly like that we went through it. Now, in Passover, is specifically said to last seven days, and we're going to find that in, in the book of Ezekiel 45. I try to get back further in this, not that it doesn't speak about seven days in other places, but some of which we've already read. 45.21, In the first month and the fourteenth day of the month ye shall have the Passover, a feast of seven days. Unleavened bread shall be eaten. So we can know for a fact that it's seven days. Let's go to Deuteronomy 16. Deuteronomy 16, 1 through 6. Observe the month of Abib, and keep the Passover unto the Lord thy God. For in the month of Abib the Lord thy God brought thee forth out of, the, out of Egypt by night. Thou shalt therefore sacrifice the Passover unto the Lord thy God of the flock and the herd in the place which the Lord shall choose to place his name there. Thou shalt eat no leavened bread with it. Seven days shalt thou eat unleavened bread therewith, even the bread of affliction. For thou camest forth out of the land of Egypt in haste, thou ha- thou, that, that thou mayest remember the day when thou camest forth out of the land of Egypt all the days of thy life. And there shall be no leavened bread seen with thee in all thy coast seven days. Neither shall there anything of thy flesh which thou sacrificest the first day at even remain all night until the morning. Thou mayest not sacrifice the Passover within any of thy gates which the Lord thy God giveth thee, but at the place which the Lord thy God shall choose to place his name in. There thou shalt sacrifice the Passover at even at the going down of the sun at the season that thou camest forth out of Egypt. Now, what that's saying is, and of course we don't do a sacrifice, please don't misunderstand that. And we're not going to be sacrificing no lambs. That's already happened, okay? When the Lord Jesus was sacrificed, and actually he permitted himself, he lay down to be sacrificed. Uh, that is over. But what he's saying here, that, that that's, not, that's not to be done unless it's where he put his name. Where did God put his name? In Jerusalem. And where specifically? At the temple. So the fact of it is, then, that, that there was not to be any of that done unless it was done there in the temple in Jerusalem. So that, that kept things... Well, it didn't keep things straight, because I'm going to tell you, if you study, and if, you, and if you're doing any studying, you'll find out that when they were in, in, in exile into, uh, and it, they're in Egypt even, they we even went back into Egypt at one point in time and built a temple more beautiful than the temple in Jerusalem. So, uh, and they did sacrifice there. Now, did God honor that? I don't think so, but they, they did it anyway. I mean, there again... The, the rule of God is the rule of God. That you, that's, not, that's not for vote. See, that's not, it's not, it's not where, whether you think I look silly with this little hat on and this garment around me. That's not what this is about. It's not about being silly. It's not about being different. It's not about trying to prove a point. It's about pleasing God. That God said that you'll wear this. And I'm sorry that it's indifferent to you because it's indifferent to me. But the fact of it is, I'm not going to miss out on what God said to do. Why? Because I believe that there is a new world out here about to open up to God's people that is going to bless the socks off of God's people. Because I'm going to tell you something, brothers and sisters, and I think I've gotten this across, and if not, you need to listen closely, because the Jews ain't doing it right either. You watch on television. You see how many blue threads you see hanging off of these. You won't see any. Somebody said, well, why did they quit doing that? Well, I'll tell you why they quit doing it. Because they forgot, they didn't know exactly what color dye and what color blue that is, so they just decided not to have a blue thread at all. Now listen to this one. How do they know that these white ones are the right dye? Huh? How do they know that? They don't. I'm here to tell you, it says that it'll have a blue thread. That's a blue thread. It says that it'll have... It'll have It'll have uh, seven, seven wraps, eight wraps, eleven wraps, and thirteen wraps. Just exactly, just exactly, what happens to be on the corner of each one of these garments that have the blue threads in them. You see, uh, the, the the key to this is to, to understand that if you've been a Jew all your life, you have done like lots of Christians did. Just kind of went to church and kind of got by and kind of hoped you're going to get to heaven and kind of this and kind of that. Uh, uh, what's that? Uh, 
commercial about used cars? Not exactly. Hmm? We just didn't exactly serve God in the capacity in which God called us to serve Him. And when you don't exactly, then when it comes down to it, you don't end up with exactly the blessings in which you thought you should get either, do you? And that's that's the other key of it. The Feast of Unleavened Bread began on the 14th day of the first month, as did Passover. They both, they both at the same time. Exodus, the 12th chapter, and I think we'll be able to put that to sleep. Exodus 12, 14. Exodus 12. That won't get it. Exodus 12, 14. You know, so, so far I haven't got the wrong scripture yet, but of course we're not done yet either, are we? Exodus 14. I mean, Exodus 12, 14. There you go. I'm, I'm, I'm getting there. Give me another chance. Give me another chance. For I will pass through the land of Egypt this night, and will smite all the firstborn in the land of Egypt, both man and beast. And against all the gods of Egypt I will execute judgment. I am the Lord. And the blood shall be to you for a token upon your houses. That word token is proof. It was proof upon the houses where ye are. And when I see the blood, I will pass over you, and the plague shall not be upon you to destroy you when I smite the land of Egypt. So what did God really send upon him? He really sent a plague upon the land. Well, what kind of a plague would just hunt out the firstborn? The kind that God said, go forth, plague, and destroy all the firstborn of man and all the firstborn of beast throughout the land of all of Egypt. And therefore, that angel brought forth the plague, whether he... blew it upon the land, whether he cast it upon the land, or whether he's just flying over the land was all it took. It came. The plague came. And the only way, again, to escape that plague was for that blood to be upon the doorposts and the lintel, which is the beam across the top. Now it goes on to say, And this day shall be unto you for a memorial, and ye shall keep it a feast unto the Lord throughout your generations, as you keep it a feast in, as an ordinance forever. Seven days shall ye eat unleavened bread. Even the first day ye shall put away leaven out of your houses. For whosoever eateth leavened bread from the first day until the seventh day, that soul shall be cut off from Israel. And in the first day there shall be a holy convocation, and the seventh day there shall be a holy convocation to you. No manner of work shall be done in them, save that, that which every man must eat, that only may be done uh, of you now, you'll need to you'll need to grasp onto that and understand something. The first day and the last day. If you have a job, you're you know, unless you have vacation time, you're not going to be able to go up to the boss and say, "Look, I'm not going to be working the first day and the last day of Passover," and him probably smile at you when you tell him that. Uh, if you have to work the first day and the last day of Passover, understand something. If, if that's because you have to do that. That isn't, that, that isn't something that, bless God, you need to quit your job over. Don't do that. God will honor your heart and the keeping of your heart. And I hope we can get that tonight so you can understand how that, that actually works. I've got a ways to go, but maybe we can get to that if I keep reading. And you shall observe the Feast of Unleavened Bread. For and the selfsame day have I brought your armies out of the land of Egypt. Therefore shall you observe this day and all your generations by an ordinance forever. In the first month, on the fourteenth day of the month, at even, you shall uh, eat unleavened bread until the one and twentieth day of the month at even. Seven days shall there be no leaven found in your houses, for whosoever eateth that which is leaven, even that soul shall be cut off from the congregation of Israel, whether he be a stranger or born in the land. And you shall eat nothing leavened in all your habitations. You shall eat unleavened bread. And that's the Lord speaking. So has anybody misunderstood all the times that I've, scriptures I've read, no unleavened bread. Well, no leavened bread, I'm saying. You eat unleavened bread. I'll get it in a minute. That you don't have any leaven in your homes. Again, we're going to help you out there with uh, trying to decide what that is and, and where that is. Now, we want to go to the book of Ezra. And now time has passed, and this is what I'm, I'm wanting, you to, wanting you to begin to, to see that not always, not always did the children of Israel act right and do things right. They forget. When things go well, lots of people seem to forget. See, a lot of people forget God when things are going well. 
You understand what I'm saying? Now, they're returning from Babylon, okay? We're going to start in Ezra 6, 19. And the children of the captivity kept the Passover upon the 14th day of the first month. For the priests and the Levites were purified together. All of them were pure and killed the Passover for all the children of the captivity and for their brethren, the priests, and for themselves. And the children of Israel, which were come out again out of captivity, and all such as had had separated themselves unto them from the filthiness of the heathen of the land to seek the Lord God of Israel did eat, and kept the feast of unleavened bread seven days with joy. For the Lord had made them joyful and turned the heart of the king of Syria unto them to strengthen their hand in the work of the house of God, the God of Israel. So, coming out of, coming out of the exile, or when they were turning from Babylon... The captivity of Babylon, they, they also held and beheld the Passover. Now, I want to take a few minutes, and I want to go back now into the New Testament. Uh, we'll start in Matthew 26, and uh, some one-liners here, or one-verse uh, scriptures here, because I want you to realize that this was not just what we call an Old Testament thing, okay? So if you look in Matthew 26:17. Now the first day of uh, the first day of feast of unleavened bread, the disciples came to Jesus, saying to him, "Where shall thou prepare thee to eat the Passover?" So we know by that that they were going to keep it, right? Now who's they? Well, that's the disciples, and Jesus was involved because they went to Jesus. And of course, he then gives them instructions to that. Now in Mark fourteen one, Mark fourteen one. After two days was the feast of the Passover and of unleavened bread, and the chief priests and the chief priests and the scribes sought how they might take him by craft and put him to death. So again, we're talking Passover. Now in fourteen twelve of Mark, it says, And the first day of unleavened bread, when they killed the Passover, his disciples said unto him, Where will thou that thou we go and prepare, that thou mayest eat the Passover. Same scripture, only or talking about the same amount of time that we did in, in, in Matthew. And then again, you'll find in Mark 22, I mean Luke 22, 22.1. Now the Feast of Unleavened Bread drew nigh, which is called the Passover. So I guess if you didn't understand that was the Passover, you do now. The Feast of Unleavened Bread drew nigh, which is called the Passover. So they kept the Passover. Amen? Now Joshua observed Passover. And what's really neat about this, before eating the produce of the land, now in, in Joshua, the fifth chapter, so go back, into, go back into the Old Testament, get a hold of Joshua. Joshua 5, the 10th verse. And the children of Israel encamped in Gilgal and kept the Passover on the 14th day of the month at even at the plains of Jericho. Does anybody have any problem with why the walls came down? Huh? I'll tell you something, it's a powerful time during these feasts. And they did eat of the old corn of the land on the morrow after the Passover, unleavened cakes and parched corn in the selfsame day. Now listen to this 12th verse. And the manna ceased on the morrow after they had eaten of the old corn of the land. Neither had the children of Israel manna any more, but they did eat of the fruit of the land of Cana that year. That's when the manna stopped coming from heaven. Now was that a mistake? No. It began during Passover and it ended Passover. God ended it upon that. Not something that happened by chance, not something that happened, bless God, just because it was a it was a thing to do. Now Josiah celebrated Passover prior to the to the revival they had, and I'm not going to go through that, but you jump into Second Kings, and we'll we'll read about that. If you don't know about that, then you should study that. But I'm not going to. We can't take the time to go back and go through every bit of this thing. So you can. Right now, I'm trying to get you to concentrate on Passover. If you don't know about the revival and why it happened and all that, you can study that, all right? Second Kings 23, 
21. And the king commanded all the people, saying, Keep the Passover unto the Lord your God, as it is written in the book of, the, of this covenant. Surely there was not holden such a Passover from the days of the judges that judged Israel, nor in all the days of the kings of Israel, nor the kings of Judah. But in the eighteenth year of the king of King Josiah, wherein this Passover was holden to the Lord in Jerusalem. So in other words, they hadn't been keeping it, but all of a sudden they decided they were going to re constitute it and bring it back. Now, Hezekiah has just a little bit of a different situation here, and you'll need to go to Second Chronicles for that. This had been a long length of time. Second Chronicles, in fact, Second Chronicles 30. Second Chronicles 30. Second Chronicles 30. And Hezekiah sent to all of Israel and Judah and wrote letters also to Ephraim and to Manasseh that they should come to the house of the Lord at Jerusalem to keep the Passover unto the Lord uh, God of Israel. For the king had taken counsel and his princes and all the congregation in, in Jerusalem to keep the Passover in the second month. For they could not keep it at that time because the priests had not sanctified themselves sufficiently, neither had the people gathered themselves together in, in Jerusalem. Now, do you understand what's happening? They couldn't, they, they, they upped it a month. He said, now, wait a minute, you just can't start making your own walls. Well, hang on here a minute. And the thing pleased the king and all the congregation. So they established a decree to make proclamation throughout all the Israel, from Beersheba even to Dan, and that they should come and keep the Passover unto the Lord, God of Israel, at Jerusalem. For they had not done it for a long time in such short as it was written. So the posts went with the letters from the king and the princes throughout all of Israel and Judah, and according to the commandment of the king, saying, Ye children of Israel, turn again unto the Lord God of Abraham, Isaac, and Israel, and he will return the remnant uh, to you that are escaped out of, the, out of the hand of the kings of Assyria. And be not ye like your fathers and like your brethren, which trespassed against the Lord God of their fathers, who therefore gave them up to desolation, as ye see. Now be ye not stiff-necked, as your fathers were, but yield yourselves unto the Lord, and enter into his sanctuary, which he hath sanctified forever, and serve the Lord your God, that the fierceness of his wrath may, may turn away from you. So evidently they knew there was a problem, didn't they? They're trying, they're trying to get themselves back in right standing with God. For if you turn again unto the Lord, your, your brethren and your children shall find compassion before them that led them captive, so that they shall come again unto this land. For the Lord your God is gracious and merciful and will not turn away his face from you if you return to him. Now, notice how they're going to return to him. How? Through the Passover. It wasn't, it wasn't just, oh, golly gee, Lord, we're sorry. So the post passed from city to city throughout the, out the, out the country of Ephraim and Manasseh, even into Zebulun. But they laughed them to scorn and mocked them. Why did, now, 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 here's what I want you to get a hold of tonight. Were these guys Jews? You betcha. We've got Israel, the northern kingdom. We've got Judah, the southern kingdom. And now they're trying to say, that, that they're saying now, now look, you're going to have to bring this thing all back together or we're going to be in trouble with God. And what they do? They just laughed about it. That's just religion. <laughs> we haven't done that. That thing's dead and it's gone. All right? That's going, to be, that's going to be a paralyzation, by the way, to what's going to take place in the church world in this day and this hour. That's going to come full turn back around. Nevertheless, divers of Asher and Manasseh and of Zebulun humbled themselves and came to Jerusalem. So not all of them, bless God, took to the scorn and the mocking, did they? Also in Judah, the hand of God was given them one heart to do the commandment of the king and of the princes by the word of the Lord. And there assembled at Jerusalem much people to keep the feast of unleavened bread in the second month, a very great congregation. And they rose and took away the altars that were in Jerusalem. And all the altars of incense took they away and cast them into the brook of Kedron. Then they killed the Passover on the fourteenth day of the second month. Now, wrong month. 
And the priests and the Levites were ashamed and sanctified themselves and brought the burnt offerings into the house of the Lord. And they stood in their place after their manner according to the law of Moses, the man of God. And the priests sprinkled the blood which they had received of the hand of the Levites. And there were many in the congregation that were not sanctified. Therefore the Levites had, had the charge of the killing of the Passover for everyone that was not clean to sanctify them unto the Lord. For a multitude of people, even many of Ephraim, Manasseh and Iskar and Zebulun had not cleansed themselves, yet did they eat the Passover otherwise than it was written. But Hezekiah prayed for them, saying, The good Lord pardon every one that prepareth his heart to seek God, the Lord God of his fathers, though he be not cleansed according to the purification of the sanctuary. And the Lord hearkened unto Hezekiah and healed the people. Now, I've been telling you from the beginning, all of this has to be where? Here. That's the reason. Now, you can't, now, 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 don't misunderstand what I'm going to say here. If you're not, don't devise a reason to not do the things of God, the ordinance of God. But if your work or if your situation calls that you can't, then God will still honor because your heart, you would have been there. Now, the only problem I can see that you might have in this is if you don't understand that God understands the meditation of man's heart. So God knows whether or not you are keeping this because you love Him or you're doing it because you want something from Him. See, a lot of that's what we did with the Holy Ghost, the Rahakodesh. We begin to serve God to see what we could get from God. And I've talked a lot about blessings because that's all part of this thing. But the first thing that has to happen, that you have to love the Lord thy God with all of your might, with all of your power, with all of your soul. That's the first thing. That you have to love Him. That's, that's the mandate. And if you, if, you, if you fall into that, then you have to understand then that His mercies, even in the Old Testament where we don't find the mercies of God nearly as prevalent as we do with the Son and the Holy Ghost, or the Rahakodesh, not nearly as prevalent, but we do find it, and we found it here, that God actually honored one month being late. They hadn't done it right, but their heart was in place. Now, I want you to remember that when we have our first... Pesach Seder. Okay? Because I'm going to tell you probably next year we're going to go back and laugh and howl and take on quite a, quite a, quite a time. Because we're not going to tell you that, it, that, that we think it's all going to be right. All I'm going to tell you is God's going to anoint it and it's going to work because our hearts are right. Okay? For what we can't study, what we can't find out, what we can't be told then God is just going to honor anyway because of the fact that we're, we're there and we're doing it. And that's what is very, very important. Second uh, Chronicles 35, and we're going to end with this tonight. 35. So, so you know, there's, there's real hope for us. Amen? There's real hope for us. 35.1, Moreover, Josiah kept, kept a Passover unto the Lord in Jerusalem, and they killed the Passover on the 14th day of the first month. So then he went back and did it right, didn't he? And he set the priests in their charges and encouraged them to the service of the house of the Lord. And he said to the Levites that taught all of Israel which were holy unto the Lord, put the holy ark of the house which Solomon, the son of David, king of Israel, did build. It shall not be a burden upon your shoulders. Serve now the Lord your God and his people Israel. Hey, thank you so much, Prophet Deckard. Again, you can get a hold of us at the website, www.jewishprophet.com, and you can find out, again, all this material that you're hearing taught every day, every week. Folks, you want to get out there and start taking a look at that and start ordering that material because you need to get a hold of that and start to apply that into your life so that it will change your life. You know what? You can also email your prayer request to cradle at jewishprophet.com. We'll be praying for your prayer requests. Shalom until tomorrow. And remember, with God, all things are possible.